What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. I missed you dearly. Welcome to the Scale Speaks Podcast. We are moving, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be episode three. So glad that you are here with me again. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Pretty big topic that we want to get into. Corner Store Gregory David is the song of the day. I was vibing out to this at work, getting a lot of work done. That's a solid one right there. Good evening again, ladies and gentlemen. Again, thank you for joining us. This is the Scale Speaks Podcast. This is episode three, coming to you live and direct. Of course, I got the Eagle Rare. This is not apple juice. This is some strong good here. As I told you all, the fragrance of the day will get presented to you all. Today is, as I said, this is Tom Ford week. This is Tom Ford week. Tom Ford Ombre Leather is the fragrance of the evening. This is the parfum version. Some people say you smell like a fresh leather couch. I know that does not do this fragrance justice, but this lasts all day. And I do get a lot of compliments on this one. So Tom Ford Ombre Leather. All of mine are going to be the 50 ml. I have way too many in my collection to have 100 milliliters unless it's something that I really love. Episode three, man, I'm going to just say this. I am just so, I'm so happy that so many of y'all have given me an opportunity to be inside your household already. This has been something that's going on this week and I'm already getting so much love and I greatly appreciate it more than you all know. This has been this has been reinvigorating as I've said before. This is something I always wanted to do. I'm glad to be in front of you all again. I missed you all dearly and I'm just glad to have this platform to be able to speak to y'all and keep the content rolling. But I just want to say thank you all to everybody that supported me, that's listening. Um it means so much and I'm a, I'm going to be here for as long as long as I can just to make sure I'm giving y'all a daily dose of scale speaks but the topic for today we're going to get right into this and it's a question i want to pose to my listeners and for my folks on spotify we'll have a question and a poll on this one there was an article that came out that this was a couple weeks ago and this was through the new york times where this the pretty pretty much the article was saying that wells fargo had wanted to hire more people and become more diverse. But it ended up being the interviews were fake. They already had someone picked for the job positions that they posted for. That was someone they identified that they were comfortable with. But these interviews were designed to make diversity efforts seem real. So it's a couple questions that I have that this article brought up and it made me look a little bit deeper intrinsically into my own life and my surroundings. Stay close. Do we pretend as a country to get more diverse? Do we pretend that 
what was going on in our communities was just a blip on the radar? Did we say all the right things but do nothing? Did we just wake up and say, oh, diversity is important? Did we really look and ask what diversity is and what it means? 100% of companies will say that diversity is important. 100% of companies may even say that diversity improves their work culture because it's a fact. The more diverse of a culture you have, the better your teams and your companies perform. Look it up. Diversity statistics on Google. It's very easy to check. But when I'm looking back, I'm like, wow. We really have a lot more work to do than meets the eye. We are nowhere near where we want to be for diversity. When I was looking over intrinsically at myself, I'm looking at my surroundings. And the first thing you do with diversity that a lot of people forget, just like when you go to a party or when you go to a work function and you look around, you look to see who's like you. You look to see who looks just like you. It's common. You go into a room full of people and what do you do? You do that to make yourself more comfortable with your surroundings. Because if you see somebody that looks like you or talks like you or you might have a connection with, it makes you more comfortable with that room. I recall a story where I went to my vice president and general manager's house, the big boss of the region in which I work at. And this was the first time that I really had any kind of presence or talk to him about anything. This was my first time to really, we were at his house and this was the first time, of course he knew me, but this is the first time that I got a chance to be around all of these leaders inside of this region. We're talking vice presidents, department heads, real heavy decision makers that can make a difference in your career if you play your cards right. It was me, my eight-year-old at the time, and my wife walking into his house. He is a white male. And what I looked at when I saw the house was, first off, this is a beautiful house. <laughs> he had one of the nicest houses that I've ever been into. But I couldn't help but notice no one looked like me except for a few people. And as I navigated through, as I can, I have a really good skill with talking to people. It is nothing for me to, 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 excuse me, to strike up a conversation and talk to anybody about anything. I felt a little bit uncomfortable and out of place because I didn't see me there. I saw one or two other black people, not even wife, kids. It was, there might've been others before I got there or after I left, but I could count how many. 
let's just say I'm wrong and say it was less than five, including me, my son, and my wife. So as you kind of navigate through and look at your surroundings, you almost kind of force yourself to be there, even though in the back of your mind, you're not as comfortable as you feel like you can be. That was a problem for me. But at that time, I really couldn't understand what it was. Why am I feeling this? I knew it was because I didn't see other people there, but if I saw more of me, would I... If I saw more people that looked like me, would I have been more comfortable? Well, when I go to other functions and I see more people that are like me, I feel a lot more comfortable. See me at a Greek picnic or a cookout. See me at Hampton University's homecoming. There's videos for me from the last one I went to in 2017. Some people will say, that's my element. That's where you'll see the genuine person. I don't agree, but I did feel more comfortable. Notice I took a drink after that. <laughs> All that said though, if I felt more comfortable, would I have been able to strike up more conversations and have more fun? I think the answer obviously to that is yes. So when you look at that example and you think of diversity, what does it mean? Well, it means many things to different people. Now, again, these are questions that I have to strike up conversations, so I am going to need feedback from you all to understand if what I'm saying is right on, if it's semi-off, or if I'm completely off base here. But I know for me, when I go into rooms, events, functions, and I want to talk to people... I am okay with the room being diverse. I am not saying I want to go into a room complete with, excuse me, with black men and women only. I'm okay with the room showing and being diverse. But, at, again, this is just a question. Do you feel more comfortable as a black man going into an event knowing there will be other black men and women there? Do you look forward to seeing your friends that are black and black men and black women? Do you look forward to seeing them to feel more comfortable? White men, question, do you feel comfortable going into places where you know you'll see your counterparts that are white men and women? Black women, do you expect for black men and women to be there at the function? White women, Asian women, Hispanic women, Asian men, Hispanic men, Asian Pacific Wherever, do you feel more comfortable when you see yourself at a function or an event or know that others that are looking just like you are going to be there? I just want to know. I think the answer is yes. I truly believe you'll be more comfortable when you see yourself at these events, at these parties, at these functions. Another thing I saw talking about Wells Fargo, how do those employees feel? If you're an employee at Wells Fargo and you see that there's an effort to hire more women and more black people into the workforce, 
And then an article comes out that says a former executive in the wealth man management division of Wells Fargo was long troubled by the way his unit handled certain job interviews. For many open positions, employees would interview a quote unquote diverse candidate, which was the bank's policy or term for a woman or person of color. The so-called diverse candidate would be interviewed for a job that had already been promised to someone else. Even crazier on this article, he went to his bosses and the bosses dismissed his claims. The employee was 58 years old and he was fired. And, re, uh, and Wells, he, said it, he stated that Wells Fargo retaliated against him for telling his superiors that the fake interviews were inappropriate, morally wrong, and ethically incorrect. Well... How do you feel if you're an employee at Wells Fargo that is in that diverse category and they go into the meetings and they say, oh, yeah, we're looking to make our company more diverse. And then you find out it's all a lie. Loses trust in the company, right? We have even more, we have even more disparity than that. One of the articles that came out that I saw researching this, Fortune 500 in 2020 and 2021 had the same number of black CEOs, four. For 2020 and 2021, there were four. An article that just came out last week said the Fortune 500 list has a quote unquote record number of black CEOs. But there's still only six of them. Fortune magazine re recently released in its annual Fortune 500 list. The outlet was quick and it bragged that it had a record number of black CEOs on its coveted list. They even invoked George Floyd's name to brag about the accomplishment. Listen to this. In the wake of racial protests following the murder of George Floyd, Companies pledge to increase diversity within their executive ranks and accelerate change internally. This year, six black chief executives sit atop Fortune 500 companies, making up just over 1% of businesses on the 2022 ranking. That's a noteworthy increase from last year when only five black CEOs ran Fortune 500 companies. So excuse me, I misspoke. They had four in 2020, five out of 500 in 2021 and six in 2022. That is 1.2% of the workforce being black CEOs. We have to do a lot better. And I for one used to be the one to sit on the sidelines about these things. No more. Even in my company internally, I don't see myself in those key positions as often as I would like to. It's gotten better. They're making an effort to do it. But back to my original question, did we pretend to get more diverse? Did we misunderstand what diversity means? Did we misunderstand what that means to certain people? Diversity to me is going to mean something different to you. Diversity to me is going to be I want to see more black men and women in the workforce. Diversity to you might mean I want to see more people that identify in the LGBTQ plus community. I want to see more of that be active in our workforce.
I want to see more women. I want to see more Hispanic, Asian, Pacific Islander. I want to see more Middle Eastern. I want to see more of me in the workforce. It means something different to everybody. So to me, I think we did pretend to get more. I thought, I think we pretended to get more diverse. I think this was something that was cool that everybody said and talked about. And this article brought up George Floyd. Let him rest in peace. Why are we bringing up George Floyd's name in 2022 and attaching it to a 0.2% increase in something and celebrating it? Stop. Cut it out. Enough. We pretended to get better. At least for the black community. Diversity ended up... Diversity started as... An ethnic thing. When George Floyd died and all the things that were happening in the pandemic and the riots and the racial inequality and lack of equity we were seeing, diversity at that point was intended to mean we needed to get more black people into the workforce. We needed to get more African-American men and women into key management positions moving upward in these companies. Now I understand you're not going to make a rapid change in a two year period. I get that. But incremental growth is supposed to be something I can recognize. 0.2% in a Fortune 500 company for CEOs, not really impressed with that. The workforce for black people is still under 13%. So when you have a company like Wells Fargo that is committing publicly, we're going to increase diversity. We're going to ri- we're going to have a rise in diverse hires. We are committed to this. We are going to do it. When you find out that May of 2020, they're saying, screaming from the rooftops, we're going to be more diverse. And you find out that for 24 months, you had sham interviews. What does that look like? What does that make someone like me feel? Do you really want us to have these positions? Because again, this started as we need to get the equity for black people increased. We need to have equality for black people increased in the workforce. That's what this was about. When George Floyd passed, the racial riots and everything going on with Jacob Blake and everything that happened in Milwaukee, all these things, and apologize if I misspeak, all of these things were meant to have a more diverse impact in our workplace For black people, and excuse me, no, I was correct. I said Milwaukee, but it was Kenosha. I apologize. This is what this was about. Us. And I say us, I mean African-American men and women. That was our time for you all. And I'm not talking about one specific group of people. 
you all to see us and recognize us for who we were, who we are, what our value is and will be to your companies for the future success of your businesses. I was on countless calls with people that wanted to understand, that wanted to hear my opinion, that finally gave a damn about who I was as a person, that never, in my opinion, would have given me the time of day without those events from 2020 in the spring and the summer. There's opportunities I would never have had because everybody in the country knew and understood this was something we really got to do better in. It was an ethnic diversity claim. What I found out or what I, what I see happening is we let these companies and we let America as a whole get away with initially having all of that power and all of that conversation and it led to nothing. It led to process changes. It led to commitments from CEOs and companies to saying we'll do better but they all said, we're going to do better with diversity. We're going to do better with equity. We're going to do better with inclusion. Most people, when they say they want the workplace to be more, be more diverse, they want to hire more women. They want to hire more Hispanics. They want to hire more Asian Pacific Islander. They want to hire... More people in the Middle Eastern, more immigrants, more of everybody to make everybody feel great about where they are. You reverse engineered it and still made a commitment to diversity, but it wasn't ethnic diversity. It wasn't towards black people. Somehow we made ourselves feel more comfortable with the fact that we're saying we're more diverse because, oh, look, we hired more women. We're more diverse. We hired more Asians. We've hired more Asian men and women. We've hired more Hispanic men and women. We've hired more Middle Eastern men and women. We've hired more people that identify as LGBTQ. We've hired more. Oh, how did I forget? I'm so sorry. We'll hire more people with disabilities. We're going to do all of that to be more diverse. And remember our commitment to diversity. Remember what we said we were going to do. Oh, we did it. We increased. We went up. Next time you have a meeting with your HR supervisor or your vice president of your, if you have an opportunity to talk to people at that level, ask them specifically the numbers of African-American men and women in their key positions. Ask them what it was in 2019. Ask them what it was in 2020 and what increases they've made since 2020 and 2022, over the last 24 months specifically, 
George Floyd passed May 2020. It's been a little bit over two years. Let's ask them, did they put their money where their mouth was? Let's ask them, what did they do? Let's get the data, let's get the information and see who was really committed to what diversity meant at that time when everything was going on in the country. All respect to every race, gender, disability, sexual orientation, etc. if I missed it. All respect to all walks of life. Religion also. All respect to that. But what I want to know is specifically when all this social unrest, when all of this social unrest was occurring in the country, what did you do for the black community? For the companies that did, we're not talking about you. You did what you were supposed to do. But companies like Wells Fargo that not only had fake interviews and promised a job to promised the job to somebody else, you fire the whistleblower. The person that's trying to do right and protect you all, you let him go. Oh, and you say it's because he retaliated against another employee or whatever thing that you said. I think the reason that you hired him was just as fake as the interviews that you were giving towards people that were more diverse. I don't trust you. So you're already on the list of, oh, I ain't doing business with Wells. My personal business, I'm not doing with Wells. If I have somebody that's like, y'all want to go here, I want to go there. Okay. I'll let you have the opportunity and the option. But something like that, no way. No. My personal business won't be done there because of stuff like that. And they have to know that. They have to know that people look at this and say, oh, I can understand it. I can see why. It just makes sense. I mean, as if the NFL's whole, if, 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 if Brian Flores's lawsuit never happened the crazy thing is as black people we we know that this stuff happens all the time that's that's what's crazy we we know that we were better than this candidate more qualified better performance better numbers we are diverse, so we we know the steps. We know that if we are into your culture, we know if we insert ourselves into your culture, you are going to profit off of us. You're going to make more money because 100% of companies do perform better when they are diverse. 100% of companies will say they have a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Y'all see, I'm kind of getting worked up about it because Brian Flores was not the first example. That was just the first one that came to light. Wells Fargo, this is not the first example that came to light. This happens every day. It's so bad that it's, it's part of the black experience. And I, I do appreciate the people that stopped and realized that there was a problem, that stopped and realized we needed to do better. 
But those that dismissed it, those that ignored it, that remained ignorant, that did not see or recognize that there was and is a problem. The fact is, to solve a problem, you need to understand it. You need to understand what's in front of you. And to be honest, most people don't. The conversation stopped. The conversation stopped. We had everybody's attention. The world was looking at the black community and companies were looking at how do we get more diverse and we let them off the hook. We gave them an opportunity to run and most took it. And this is not something towards every company, but most took it and ran and said, we're more diverse because we hired more women. Y'all misunderstood the assignment. What we were talking about was ethnic diversity. So when I'm talking about diversity, just so it's clear, I want the room to be filled with different walks of life, different cultures, different religions. I want it to be a melting pot. The high school I went to, I learned so much because it was a melting pot. We had every background Race, gender, culture, culture, religion, sexual orientation in those four walls every day. And I know for a fact it made me a better person because I had to know and understand different cultures and different ideas and different ideologies from different people in their households. It made me sharper. It gave me way better communication skills. So I know that someone like me coming into the workplace, I'm going to make you money. I'm going to make your culture thrive. I'm going to do something that had not been done at your locations before, and you may not understand it. You may ask how and why did this happen? I knew I was capable of it the entire time, but you failed to understand my impact. You failed to understand my value. And again, to solve a problem, you have to understand it. So I want y'all to take these questions, just ask. I do want y'all to really go to your, your people that hire. I want you to go to your recruiters, your HR managers, your vice presidents, your direct supervisors, your bosses, and ask them, hey, what were your numbers like in this category for African-American hires in 2019? Can you also, if you don't mind, get me 2020 and then just what it looks like for 2022? And if they ask you why, I want to do some research to see how diverse we are as a company. Anything more than that, it should not require anything more than that. Unless they got something to hide, there's going to be more questions. And see how fast it is for them to get the information. If it's slow, they're trying to put something together. Do you think we pretended to get more diverse as a country? In the workforce. Did we misunderstand what diversity means? Or 
do we misunderstand the fact that diversity means something different to everybody? I think that's the better question. I think we very well know what diversity is. But did we understand that my diversity looks different from your diversity? What you consider your culture to be more diverse is way different than what mine is. And do we understand that? Do we know that's what we're chasing for in the process of getting better? Are we aware of that? Ask yourselves these questions why only 1.2% of the Fortune 500 is black. Black men and women. 1.2% out of five. Six out of 500. Let's just ask the questions. That's the best we can do right now. Let's just ask. Because for me, I want, I want us to get better. I want the black community to thrive in places that we normally wouldn't. Because it just feels good. It feels right to have that. It feels right to do it. And those are the questions I leave with y'all. And this is what this podcast is about. These are the questions that we're going to ask. Did we pretend to get more diverse? Did we misunderstand what diversity means? Did we understand what it means? Did we forget or did we misunderstand what it means to certain people? Are we working still to do what the mission was in 2020 or did we just let go? Because in my opinion, man, there were some people that were in a chokehold that were trying to figure this out. So far, people going so, people going so far to recognize Juneteenth as a national holiday. There's a lot there. You just have to ask the right questions. I'm going to leave it there. I think I gave y'all just enough to really chew on and think about and ask questions. New York Times is my citation for the Wells Fargo. Uh, at Wells Fargo, a quest to increase diversity leads to fake job interviews. Also, Afrotech.com, the Fortune 500 list has a record number of black CEOs, but there's still only six of them. And from McKinsey.com, I'll put these articles down there on the bottom of the description. The black experience at work in charts. That one really throws you for a loop. Please go read that if you have an opportunity to do so, because it gives you some things that you would not believe in the black community. Mm, mm, mm. Black workers describe a significant trust deficit at work. Despite this, black employees find meaning, excuse me, despite all this, black employees find meaning, purpose, and accomplishment at work minus the trust factor. Black workers have higher unemployment, lower wages, and worse prospects than other workers. These are just... We have to do better, folks. And it starts with the people on the opposite side of this camera. It starts with the person in the mirror. 
I can only bring it to the I can only bring it to your attention. I can only ask you to ask the questions. You have to go back and do the extra work and get those answers and let me know what you find, because personally, I want to know. But I am going to be the voice again, amongst other things, to get that back, because what we will not have happen is another senseless death in a time where everybody is quiet and has to pay attention to this. And then you ask me how I feel. For those people that asked me then how I felt and have not asked me since, there's a question there. For people that wanted to know where I stood and where I felt on this issue at that point, and we've never had the conversation about it again, I have questions. For those that asked me to do more, and I did more, and I stepped up and still performed with the extra activities that you asked me to do, I have questions. I have pay questions. I have, did I get further questions? And something I had as a note here that I did not bring up that I want to, and this will be my last point before I leave y'all. I'm asking this to the black community. In your job, for those that are not self-employed, that are working in corporate America, in your job, what is the training like for you? What's the training and development like for you to improve and get those positions? Think about that. What training have you received? Did the people that have, the people that are in those highly coveted positions, the ones that everybody looks up to and dreams, some dream about because they want to make 500,000, 1 million, 5 million, 10 million a year, those coveted positions that pay well, are the people in those positions training minorities, black men and women to get in those positions? Are we getting the right amount and continuous amount of training and development to take over this team, this group, this region, this state, this, set, this, this regional section of 10 states, the country? Are we getting that? Or are we responsible for going to get it ourselves and get it out the mud? Is the expectation that if you want it, you're going to go get it. Because sometimes what ends up happening is our counterparts, the information is given to them. The nicer locations, the better inventory, the better products, the sales script, the monthly and weekly meetings. Though here's what you say, here's what you don't say. How do we even know what questions to ask? There's an image that I always have stuck with me. There's a baseball field and there's a game going on. And there is a fence. There are people 
that are behind the fence trying to find and look at the game. There's one person that can clearly see it so high up that he can probably go overboard and sneak into the game by jumping over the fence. He has that much leverage. The other one only has hit her neck just fairly above the fence, but on her tippy toes, reaching over, still able to see it, but not quite so, but still there. Then there's no base, just a person standing on the grass and all they can see is the fence. And the two people here are enjoying the game and seeing it for what it is. The person on the grass looking at the fence simply has to watch as a, not only a spectator, that person can only hear what's going on on the opposite side of the fence and the two people that are on the side of them that do have an opportunity to see what's going on, they're having to let that person know what he and she are seeing. And that person has to decide if they're going to get excited about what's going on and still make it work or walk away. We don't walk away. We stay there and hear the game and want to know what's going on. Even once the point that you get us to see the game, let's just say we are person A. What if we're him that has a very clear pedestal that can see the game perfectly? Once we finally build up the blocks to get us to the point where we can see the game, are you going to let us know how the game is played? If you're going to give us the training and developing and the building blocks to rise up, once we see the game, are you going to teach us the game and how it's played? Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. I told you. We're going to talk about everything. Full scope. Nothing's off limits. Absolutely nothing's off limits. The Eagle Rare is gone. Tom Ford has been sprayed. The light will be turned off. And ladies and gentlemen, that is episode three of the Scales Speaks podcast. Again, thank you all for joining. Appreciate you listening. Greatly appreciate all y'all out there. For the people, again, that are doing the work, I appreciate you. For the people that are pretending, I'm asking you, almost begging you, pleading you, do better. Have these conversations Get uncomfortable. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Have these conversations and let's improve and get something done. Thank you. Good evening. God bless.